0: Do do, 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 do do Here we go. My name's Todd. And this is Kathy. Welcome back to another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. This is podcast number 610. Why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding and always remember our motto, which is the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. On today's show, we're going to talk about our, friends, our friend, Dr. John Duffy. He wrote an article for CNN and it's titled, Your tweens and teens are lonely. And they want your help. Uh, But first, I need to apologize to everybody on this podcast because I am the producer of the show and I screwed something up last week. And I don't know how to fix it or I'm too lazy to go back and try to fix it. Um, We had uh, podcast 609... And I titled it something other than what came out on the podcast feed, which is
1: well no, you forgot to change the title from the previous week.
0: right. So it looks like they're two duplicated podcasts yeah. from one week to the next. Yeah. but I promise you podcast number 608 and 609 are different. are different and have different topics. So I should probably actually look at last week
1: is. was practicing difficult emotions. Thank That's you. what it was called. yeah even so.
0: though on your podcast feed it says highly sensitive people.
1: And did that, did that happen to everybody, Todd? I don't know.
0: I am too lazy to ask everybody. It <laughs> happened to you and I. Okay. So I'm guessing if it happened to you and I, it may have happened to everybody. So, okay. Apologies.
1: You keep saying you're too lazy to go back and fix it. are yeah. Is that really the truth?
0: Well, I haven't done it. Okay. Or, but that,
1: is that laziness or is that means, I just don't think you're lazy?
0: Oh, thanks, sweetie. Uh, I'm choosing not to do it. Okay which is probably a place of more empowerment, but um, I don't know. Okay. doesn't matter. Who cares? Let's move on. (laughs) Um, And uh, my sweetheart uh, wrote a book. It's coming out in February, February 1st, February 1st, 2022, um, and she's also writing this other book, and I don't even know what it's going to be called, but it's the Zen Parenting Moments, isn't it?
1: Yeah. I'm These moments will eventually be made into a book, but my first book is just it's called Zen Parenting, and it's a different book. Yes. It's about all the things we talk about on the show.
0: It's an encapsulation of 600-plus podcasts. Yikes. Um, but the Zen Parenting Moments come out twice a week, Tuesdays and Fridays. They land in your inbox if you sign up for them, and a way you sign up for it is simply to go to... Um, just scroll up on this feed if you're listening to it on iTunes or Stitcher or whatever
1: on your phone. On
0: your phone, and just click on "Sign Me Up" for the Zen Parenting mode. or
1: go to zenparentingradio.com and it's right there. You just say subscribe.
0: The one we're gonna refer to is one that's called Answers. Okay. And you always start it with a quote, and this is from, a, I assume, a woman, Chantal.
1: It's actually a song. Oh. It's a song. It's called Time
0: by Chantal. Yeah. Do you know how to pronounce that last Kruziaric,
1: name? I think. Sounds so. pretty
0: good. And it says, I've looked in the mirror and the world's getting clearer. Mm-hmm. I'll take what you give me. Please know that I'm learning. Yes. Um, why did you use that quote and what is this answers well, all about?
1: I love that song, that song, Time. You can find it if you want to. All right, I will. Um, but I just like that phrase because basically the answers, what I wrote about was the fact that the more that I learn, the less that I know. And just that... We, like one of the greatest skills that I can have as a human being, as a parent, as a therapist is to not assume that I know what people are experiencing and to not assume that I know how the story is going to end and to not assume that I know how anybody else chooses or doesn't choose things for themselves. Um, I think sometimes when, I think I heard Adam, um, what's his name, Adam Grant say that his research has shown that the less somebody knows about something, the more certain they feel about it. Meaning like somebody who's read their first self-help book will feel really empowered to like tell everybody how they should live their lives.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But somebody who studies mental wellness or mental well-being for a living, which I do, you realize you don't know anything at all. Because everybody is very... um individual in in their experiences, and their traumas, in their relationships, in the way that they see the world. And basically, the bottom line of what I wrote was, look for answers by allowing someone to tell you what they're experiencing, rather than to apply... Like, oh, this is their horoscope, and Mm -hmm. so this is what they are. Or, oh, they went through this and so did I, so this is how they're feeling. Or, oh, they're in eighth grade, so they're going to be miserable. Or, you know, all these things that we apply.
0: Any stories we make up without really finding out what's happening?
1: Sure, and it may even be a research-based, you know, well, this is my research, or this is their label, or this is their diagnosis, and therefore A, B, and C. Those things may be true, but you can still listen to that person's individual experience with whatever is going on in their life.
0: Do you want to know what I want to listen to? What? This song. Will you remove the box that's sitting underneath your computer? Because I can't see your mouth. And that's weird. You can't see my mouth. (laughs) song sounds familiar
1: we used it in one of our kids birthday videos oh did we mm-hmm.
0: no all right and i just
1: like i like lyrics
0: it's a total sweetie song i know <laughs> forget um, about it
1: I, so anyway that's um, what that's about
0: so sign up and subscribe for this Parenting moment because that's the only way you get them is by putting uh, doing the email deal yeah
1: and it's just they come tuesday and friday they're just they're hopeful and helpful just trying to offer something, I trying like to write and offer it to people. I
0: got two quick takes. Oh, great. <clears throat> um, this came out. Can you out. see me now? Yes. I can see clearly now. Sweetie's computer is no longer blocking my way. Oh, boy. Um, this is called MLB Game to be called entirely by women for the first time. Great. And a Major League Baseball game will be called entirely by women next week for the first time ever on a broadcast, New York Times reports. Five women will serve as the on-air crew for the Baltimore Orioles game against the Tampa Bay Rays from St. Pete's next Tuesday. Now, I think that has since come and gone, so I don't know how it went. But I'm guessing these uh, broadcasters are rock stars, and they did really, really well.
1: Well, I will... I like that story and I want to share this story just as a reminder that we still have a little bit of a ways to go. That um, the Norwegian women's beach handball team. I was about to read that second thing. (laughs) Read it.
0: Yeah. Do you want me to read it? I got it in front of me. Go ahead. Athletes wear short shorts. I pulled this from Daily Skim, which you probably did too, right? Well,
1: I actually was just looking at it on Twitter, but go ahead.
0: Um, Athletes wear short shorts. Over the weekend, the Norwegian women's beach handball team wore shorts instead of bikini bottoms and got fined over $1,700 for it. Organizers say they wore improper clothing, but critics include members of Norway's government called the requirement for them to wear bikini bottoms sexist and ridiculous. Of course, especially since the male players can wear long shorts and tanks. Of course. As if that wasn't enough, it comes in comes another comment on a woman's attire. Double Paralympic world champ Olivia Breen said she was left speechless when an official at the English Championships criticized her sprinting shorts this time for being too short. And inappropriate. Right. We we just, nothing we wear is right. We need you women to fit <laughs> exactly in the box that we want you to fit into.
1: <gasps> well, let me add to the story about the Norwegian women's beach handball team is that Pink, you know, songstress. Yeah, the singer-songwriter. Pink, one of our favorite uh, singers, Pink. She is paying the fine for the Norwegian women's beach handball team because she thinks this is ridiculous.
0: Pink's a badass.
1: I know. She. That's like so something. Like... That is so something I would want to do Mm -hmm. is step in and say, oh, I'll pay for that. Yeah. I mean, and I guess we all could if we made that money. But the point is, is that the idea... Let's just look at what the gymnasts wear and let's look at what the the women gymnasts wear. And I'm not judging it or Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to say it's inappropriate. Let's just look at it. Mm -hmm. And then let's look at what the male gymnasts wear. They wear wear.
0: like long sweatpants. Correct. Yeah.
1: And then let's look at what the women runners wear and what the male... and, And there is... and beach volleyball is unbelievable mm. do you know what i mean yeah. like what the women are expected to wear yeah. it's like and i guess i just wonder what we're doing and where who comes up with the decision and again if women are like i move better this way then Go allow ahead. them to wear right. that but if they're like i would prefer to be more covered so i can focus on my sport mm-hmm. then allow them to be
0: oh it's Funny how choice might be a good thing for us all to have. Yeah.
1: Wouldn't it be great if we could choose what we did with our body and put on our body? Mm-hmm. But it's just Pretty so interesting simple. when other
0: people tell us to not Um Okay, and then last thing before we jump into Dr. Duffy's article is that uh, Zen Parenting Radio, in partnership with Men Living, is sponsoring a team for the NAMI Walk. Yes. Now, NAMI Walks happen all over the country. So
1: say what NAMI stands for. So.
0: National Alliance of Mental Illness. Alexa James is a friend of ours. She's been on the podcast. She's the director for the Chicago chapter, which I think is one of the larger chapters. They, we, Kathy and I have been walking this walk um, many, many years.
1: Seven, eight years.
0: And like I said, they have them all over the country. So just because you don't live in Chicago doesn't mean you can't be a part of the team. So just click on the link in the show notes and join the team
1: might even be longer than seven or eight years because your mom used to do this with
0: us. Yeah, my mom's been gone six years, so it's probably been like probably 10. This for 10 years. Yeah, wow. And they've kind of come a long way. We used to go up the North Shore, and now yeah. we have it right in downtown Chicago on beautiful Lake Shore on the lakefront. So yeah, uh, join me and my two of my daughters, and unfortunately, Kathy will be at a wedding.
1: And JC will be at college. And
0: JC, our oldest, will be at college. But I will be there, so I would love to see you. If you want to know more, just uh, shoot me an email and or just click on the link. So that's it. All right, Dr. John Duffy.
1: All right, so um, John texted us this morning and said, hey, I posted this, he writes for CNN, and he said I posted um, this article, and he said I gave Zen Parenting Radio a shout-out. Um, so we can, we'll we get to that later. He's, he talks about a podcast that we, that we did way back when, like number 577 or something yeah, like I, that. Yeah,
0: I have it pulled up.
1: But I told him I, I read the whole thing. Um, it's called "Your Tweens and Teens Are Lonely and They Want Your Help," and I could not agree more. Mm-hmm. And I I read the whole article and was like, "This is so. This is completely true, and it's what I'm hearing from teens um, as well. And it's something that I think that we as not j- as parents, maybe as educators, as people who you know." you know, work with teens, whatever it may be, I think it's something that we're missing. Mm. And and not everybody, some people are obviously, Duffy is talking about it, and a lot of therapists are very in the know about this, but I think we have our expectations, we have to meet this moment with our expectations. And just to give you an example, I've had uh, about four or five uh, requests um, in the last month or so for speaking, and you know, they've asked me to speak. And a lot of schools now and organizations, they want me to speak about like motivating kids Mm -hmm. or like inspiring kids to go back to school and inspiring them to get back. I'm using the word inspiring, but they use other words, you know, like, you know, help kids get back, you know, get back in the groove in whatever way. And I kind of feel like we're looking at this the wrong way in that we need to focus on our children's mental wellness right now and not expect them to get back. where we were in 2019. Mm -hmm. And that in no way am I saying we shouldn't focus on school and education. Of course we should, but we need to get our priorities reorganized here. And our kids are still dealing, still, with the traumas of COVID. It's not gone, everybody. Like I was just telling Todd, I was listening to a podcast this morning about you know the unvaccinated and the delta variant and everything and this is still a thing.
0: Yeah, that's they just affect came, us. came out that uh, Chicago public schools are requiring masks.
1: Right, and that we may need to wear masks again mm-hmm. in even in outside functions and my point is is it's not to say whether that's good bad right wrong it's that we want our kids to like push past all of this and we're still in a, a in gray area. Yeah. And why that mean? why that relates to this article and our kids being lonely is they still don't know how much to invest in, you know, going back to school. Will I have to go back online? My sport, will it get canceled again? Will this travel team really work out or is it not going to work out? Should I even attempt to go to Lollapalooza or is it going to get canceled? Like, and are my friends still my friends? I haven't really spent any time with them because of COVID. Um, you know, are, are, who's, you know, they may tell you, just like John says in this article, that, oh, yeah, I'm Snapchatting with friends or I'm connecting with friends. But are they really?
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I think that most kids, including some of, you know, we have three daughters, are rebuilding their relationships with their friends. You know, think about it. Any relationship, you know, I think of, um, you know, I travel for work. And if I'm gone a few days, we have to, like, reconnect. Right. Covid was f- basically a year where you didn't see your friends. Correct. Like real time in person with your friends. So it's kind of, it, I think as an adult, we're like, oh yeah, just go, just. St- jump back in where you left off. Right. And it doesn't work that way.
1: It doesn't work that way. And things that we used to jump back into may not exist yet. Yeah. Like there are still camps that are virtual there. And a lot did happen this summer. Like I are all of our kids and you and I, Todd got to do a lot of things we used to do. Um, and so a lot of things have in, and I'll put, I'll say normalized, but not everything is normal for everybody. And so I wanted to go over like the big pieces of this article that Duffy wrote. And the first you know, category he has here is I'm lonely and alone a lot. And and what John says is your kids may seem engaged online and they may seem engaged with their friends, but they still are feeling mm-hmm. the effect. If if they're not literally lonely, yeah. they're still feeling the effects of the experience they had where they were alone. Yeah. And I think when we talk about the word lonely, what do we mean by that? You can be in a room mm-hmm. with other people and be lonely, Lonely really means do I feel supported, seen, connected with, understood, Um, maybe not all those things at once, but at least a few of them Mm -hmm. where you feel like you belong somewhere. And, you know, we as parents, and again, I know parents will be like, I'm so, you know, I can hear them. I'm so overwhelmed. I'm trying. I'm doing this. But we have to check in with them a lot, Like the relationships with our kids, it's not about checking in and getting the answer and checking it off your list. This is not, I'm not giving a, hey, add this to your to-do list. What I'm saying is your relationship with your children. Like I I have a lot of people tell me, yeah, my kid comes home and they go up to the room and I don't see him till the next morning. Well, maybe go hang out.
0: Well, in that minute that you, that I check that box, like, all right, I need to check in but I'm hoping they don't need anything because then I can go back to work. The kids feel that. Of course. So this, you know, we've said, we've talked about this many times in the podcast. If it's something that you're trying to check off your list, yeah, your kid's probably not going to want to engage with you. Like you really have to be authentically interested in what it is that they have to say. And that takes patience. That takes time. That takes understanding Um, and that's in short supply, at least it is for me. And I'm guessing it is for a lot of the people listening.
1: Well, and it's interesting how a little can go a long way. Like, um, you know, just knowing, like, I know sometimes when, um, you know, having a show that you watch with your kids, so maybe you don't see them the majority of the day, but they know that they're going to have dinner with you and watch a show with you that night. And so they're like you know, they're kind, they're kind of building their day around mm-hmm. that time or they know that's when they're going to connect you. There's something with that they you.
0: can predict or count on. Count on. Yeah.
1: Or maybe it's that um, you, like something I've been doing because my girls have been going all sorts of different directions this summer is making sure I have lunch or dinner with each of them individually. Um, what I mean is just me and one kid. Yeah, one-on-one. One-on-one time. And I either take them to lunch or take them to dinner or we sit outside or we spend time alone. So, Sometimes it's just me saying on a Friday, hey, next Tuesday, can we do lunch or dinner? And then they know that's time that we have together.
0: And I can hear parents be like, "Ah," you know, one-on-one with each kid every week. Like I I don't, I can't do it. And with all due respect and empathy, like if we prioritize it, we, we need to make it happen.
1: Right. And what if it's not a meal and it's a walk at night? Yeah. Or what if yeah, it's um, in the morning, let's eat breakfast together. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can build it into something you're doing already. And so you don't have to create more time, but you're inviting them to join you. Like- You know, my youngest daughter does yoga with me in the morning now. So that's something that we always count on. You know, you eat breakfast with her. I do yoga with her. Like, And we would already be eating breakfast and doing yoga.
0: Yeah, bring them in. Uh,
1: I guess what I'm I'm saying is I think what's interesting is sometimes we get into a routine with our kids where we're like, we're doing our thing, they're doing their thing, and we're just kind of living in the same house. Yeah. And this time with our kids in the house, and I'm especially saying this because I have a daughter going to college this year, it's fleeting. Mm-hmm. I know it feels overwhelming for those of you who have younger kids, but it's not, it will not always be this way. And so while you live with these people, maybe engage with them um, a few times a week, at least I would say every day, but it would be like checking in and having a date and um, watching a show with them or listening to music with them or doing something. Where you know, first of all, that can alleviate some of their loneliness mm-hmm. because they feel connected to you, but it also gives them an opportunity instead of you getting them in the car and saying, how you doing? Are you okay? And just trying to like check that off your list. You have time where they know they have time to to talk to you about something that's difficult.
0: Well, and I want to read some of this article that John he said, uh, some of them go out alone in order to evade parental radar. Meaning the kids S- do. The kids. Mm-hmm. Some claim to be Snapchatting or texting with friends when they're actually watching Netflix or listening to music in solitude. So he's talking about loneliness. So I'm going to give you guys the quick tips that John Duffy gave to us if you read the article. Quick tip. Sit down with your child and watch their show or video with them. Or grab an earbud and listen to their music. Or play their video game. Talk to them about their interests, then brainstorm ways they might pursue those interests with peers. So I like the idea in this article is like he gives us concrete ideas of what we can put into practice right now.
1: And, you know, like I'll give an example. So at night we have um, we'll have a show that we watch and Todd and I obviously have our picks of things we'd want to watch. And sometimes they do that. Sometimes mm-hmm. our girls do that. Um, but a lot of times they wanna rewatch a series they've already watched or they wanna watch some Marvel movies, or we just went through the Hunger Games series mm-hmm. again. Um, the Hunger Game movies, and we've seen that before, but we did it again. And right now Todd's like, he really wants to watch Parenthood. The T V show. The yeah. TV show. And so he's suggesting it and they're not really that interested. And I guess that's when we... And again, I know you're fine with this, Todd. That's when we have to make a decision. Are we really trying to watch the show that we want to watch with our kids or are we just trying to spend time with our
0: kids? What's the intention? Is the intention for me to get my needs met to watch a show again or is my intention to collaborate and come up with a show that we can all enjoy. Correct. Because like
1: I want the girls to watch Ted Lasso and they're like not interested. I know they would love it. Like it's so annoying. Isn't that
0: annoying when you know. I know
1: what they would love it.
0: They would love they it. They would love it. And it's the opposite of what we've been watching the last two nights. I know we've been watching a lot of like murder stuff.
1: Murder show, murder <laughs> show. I want to watch a murder show. Um,
0: um before, cult shows. Before we get into the next piece of Duffy's article, yeah. um, I do want to give a shout out to Team Zen. Okay. Okay. Um, Team Zen is something that Kathy and I do. It's a community of about a hundred or so listeners of the podcast. We do these two Zen talks a month. It's when you guys see us live on Zoom. You ask questions, ask for support. We give our best responses we can, but it's interactive. So it's, it'll,
1: and it's really about the community. It's a community not just of parents. Answers from us. Yeah.
0: Uh, so we just did Zen Talk 124. Um, one of the moms uh, talked about her ten-year-old autistic daughter navigating sexuality, and then another. Mom said uh, it was about a twelve-year-old boy navigating gender, so it was kind of. uh, It was
1: interesting. Yeah, Yeah.
0: interesting. But we've done 124 of these things. So if you guys are interested, first month is free. It's 25 bucks a month. You can cancel at any time. Check us out. Zero pressure. 100% report. 100% support. And report. And report. Um, So check it out. It's in the show notes. So or you go to ZenParentingRadio.com. So. All right, next on Duffy's thing.
1: Um, so, the next thing he says is, the next head- heading is, you don't know what's on my mind. Mm-hmm. And his point of talking about that is, you know, our teens or our kids are not always, like, really, um, as he says, forthcoming with us about everything they're feeling. So, oftentimes, we are, as the parents, we're left to kind of wonder or to guess or to assume, which is worse, kind of going back to the the thing I wrote about answers. Like, we think we know what our kids are going through, and yeah. so we assume. Um But what John is saying that as a therapist, he's finding that parents are really off the mark about what their kids are feeling. Um, I can tell you this 100% is true. Um, I've been talking to and hearing about a lot of teens over the summer and teens, there's a lot of depression and a lot of anxiety. And I kind of feel like we are just wanting to just skate over this time and not deal with what our kids are experiencing. And I think a lot of times that's because it takes time, it takes energy, it takes our ability to be um, non-judgmental, um, to put our fear aside and to, and, and again, we're never going to completely get rid of it, but to listen to what our kids are feeling, um, to allow them to feel that. Mm-hmm. Like I, 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 you know, there's so much like, You know, telling our kids to be grateful for things is wonderful, but gratitude goes alongside all the other feelings, meaning it's okay that our kids feel anxious and grateful. It's okay that our kids are feeling overwhelmed and also appreciative that they're well or healthy. I think a lot of times when our kids tell us how they feel, We either just want to tell them to buck up and move on, or we want to say, "You don't know what you have. You shouldn't feel this way." And and I'm a lot of the teens I've been talking to. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah, is that there's a lot of like wanting to um, to not deal with what is is presented
0: in front of them. And the reason I sometimes don't want to deal with it because it takes work. It takes emotional work to sit with somebody you love that is in pain that is going through something whether it's anxiety or depression and we just want to I just want to sometimes not have to deal with it and because it takes a lot of discipline and it's something that you know it's what parenting is if you're doing it the right way you're willing to go through that stuff and you know a lot of times I am but a lot of times I'm not willing.
1: Well and you know I'm I know exactly what Todd's saying, but I'm going to jump on his language about doing it the right way. There is no right way, but what he's saying is if we're willing to have a relationship with people, like if we're willing – because that's the thing is like relationships with our kids – I think sometimes we just look at parenting as such a role, Mm -hmm. you know, that we're like, what do we do as parent? How do we make our kid do this? How do we get them in a sport? How do we get them to be motivated? How do we make sure they have good grades? You're forgetting that this is a relationship with a human being. So how are you treating? How are you investing? How are you monitoring the relationship you have with your children? Because that relationship... Offers them the ability to discuss their depression yeah. or their anxiety. And it doesn't mean they're going to have it their whole lives. You don't have to be afraid of like if, you know, like um one of the kids was telling me that I was talking to that she felt like if she said how she feels out loud, that it makes it real. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it's actually the opposite. It's a, the opposite because it's already real because you're feeling and it doesn't mean that... We have to give you a diagnosis. It doesn't mean you have to go on medication. It doesn't mean that, you know, all these bad things are going to happen. That you don't need to be afraid.
0: If you say it out loud, you can. The power dissipates.
1: Exactly. And that maybe you do need those kind of supports. Who knows? But there is also just the ability to speak out loud what you're feeling without shame. Mm -hmm. And I think as parents, sometimes when we're trying to push beyond those difficult experiences that they're having, it's because we're afraid of what it means or we feel shame that our kids are having these experiences. And what I want to say to parents is, dudes, you're not alone. Like if you're going through something with your kids right now where they are depressed or anxious or struggling at school, or they, you don't feel like they have friends or they just got blown off or, um, they're, you know, they're struggling with cutting or with eating or there's something going on. You are not alone. Mm -hmm. You are not like, and you look around on Instagram and you're like, everybody else's kid is fine. No. And I'm not, I'm also not saying everybody's struggling. What I'm saying is there's all sorts of experiences going on at once. And what, I will just focus on Duffy's article for a second. He said, more are suffering from depression and anxiety than ever before. And they're judging themselves in a negative light because that's how they assume people are perceiving them. So do you see how even just the connection and the discussion can dissipate some of that? It doesn't mean a lifetime of managing this. Mm -hmm. It means a moment of connection and how that could change the dynamic of your relationship. And I know a lot of parents I talk to, they say, I try and my kids don't talk to me. And I, I I get that.
0: Like there's- Yeah, there's truth.
1: There's truth to that. But then try something different.
0: Yeah, get creative. This is where curiosity comes in is, yeah, when somebody comes up with the yeah, buts, yeah, but yeah, I tried that, but it didn't work. We just gotta keep working at it.
1: And And what does that mean? You know, try more. Text them, tell them you're thinking about them, um, leave notes on their door, um, say that you, you know, want to set up a dinner every other week so you guys can spend time together and they can go where they want to go to eat. Uh, kids don't usually turn down meals. Yeah. Say that you want to take them and a friend mm-hmm.
0: to, to eat so you can connect with them. There's so many different right. things and you're just off the top of your head yeah. coming up with five or six. And I judge that we all have this ability to be curious and creative and problem-solving as long as we can remove ourselves from the, oh, it's too hard or I tried that. We just got to like step into this place of power in this that we do, we can create, we can reframe what this relationship looks like. Um, It's not necessarily the easiest thing in the world to do, but I judge that, you know, if you are a part of these people's lives, then we have the ability to try new things.
1: Yeah, and you know, um, some language that, I think we've talked about this on a show before, but that Duffy uses is he talks about um, children or teens and adolescents who use the language identity traffic, which means that Identity traffic is them having to manage all the different identities that they have to hold in the world, like how they are with their friends, how Mm -hmm. they are at home, how they they are with their teachers, what they're like in their sport or their activity or what they're like when they're alone, that they have to manage all these different identities. And that um, just understanding that that in itself is exhausting without having to think about grades, without having to think about relationships with their peers, without having to think about cleaning the bathroom or, you know, putting our bike away or whatever, all the things that we impose on them that, you know, maybe they do need to get done, but they are already so tired just by being who they are. Mm. And, you know, I know it's so easy for our generation to say, well, buck up, I had to do it, but it's different. It's not the same. We are not having... And that's, again, going back to the first thing that Todd read about my Zen parenting moment about answers. I just see so many people, I hear so many people our age impose their childhood and teenage years on their kids. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, they're going through what I did because this is what I did. And if I, you know, that's why my kid needs to be on the swim team because the swim team saved me. And there's this like assumption... That if our kids follow our path, they'll be okay. Or that if we don't see something, then it's not happening. Or if we, you know, if our kids would just be more motivated, they wouldn't feel depressed. We have these very quick ideas and solutions that apply to Gen X that they don't apply to Gen Z.
0: This reminds me, and I don't have the, the four S's, but when we talked about Dan Siegel's book, I forget which one it was, but we actually had them on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And what, our job as parents is to help our kids feel safe, mm-hmm. secure. I don't know what the other two S's were. I'm I'm blanking on it, and I don't know if you remember them or not. But um, it's just w- once that happens, they will be motivated. But the bucking up parenting technique isn't going to work that well unless these kids first feel safe and secure. And so se-
1: seen, mm. and this is not with the eyes, this is meaning like deeply perceiving them empathetically, yeah. you know, the the namaste, yeah. you know, which is the soul in me sees the soul in you or the light in me sees yeah. the light in you. Uh, safe, that we avoid responses that scare them, mm-hmm. you know, where we make them afraid of us. Um, soothed, that we help them deal with their difficult feelings and emotions, and secure, and we help them develop an internalized sense of well-being. Yeah. Not a sense of well-being because they won an award or got a trophy. That's external. That may help the internal, but that won't solve it. A lot of the kids that I talk to who are teens are very high achievers. They have won awards. They have been the leaders. They they are the captains. Yeah. And they are still struggling with these things. So those external rewards don't always match the internalized sense of well-being.
0: When I want to give our listeners a resource. So when I went to zenparentingradio.com slash archive, I typed in the word Siegel, okay. S-I-E-G-E-L. That's Dr. Dan Siegel. If you guys don't know who he is. He's an author. He it's we stole the quote at the beginning of the show that I say every time is the best predictor of a child's well being as a parent self understanding. He is a, a big walking pulsing brain, and the teenage brain is something that um, he has a really he's really attuned to it. But five podcasts showed up when I did that search. I'll even include this link in the show notes. Uh, we did Dr. Dan Siegel, The Power of Showing Up, Teenage Wisdom podcast number four hundred and twenty. Not everything that counts can be counted. Are timeouts hurting your child and the adolescent brain?
1: So, basically, why we have, we follow Dan Siegel and other neurobiologists similar to him is because we are talking about the way the brain works, right? We're not just talking about things that feel good or look good. We're talking about interpersonal neurobiology and that our children's minds are everything. Uh, The way our children's mind works is about their personality, their character, their intellect, their talents. Their judgments, their rationalizations like if we don't understand the way their mind works we're never going to be able to support them and connect to them or never is a strong word it becomes more difficult to support them so we as our parents have an opportunity mm. to support their mental well-being we have this opportunity and I think the reason I brought up that I'm getting these you know requests to speak and the requests to speak are all focused on how to get our kids' grades up again. Mm -hmm. And I just think we're missing the boat. I think we're focusing again on the things outside of their success and well-being. Like what does success really mean? Like, Success means that a child wakes up in the morning and doesn't want to not be here. Like I hate to be that harsh, but the kids I talk to, they're like, what's the point? Mm -hmm. They don't even see the point. And that kind of that's scary to me. Yeah. And I, um, what our focus should and, and that comment isn't that uncommon. Like, meaning that I don't get scared when kids say that. What get what I get scared about is kids say that, and then we say, "Yeah, but how are your grades?" And that we don't focus on. But what makes this person feel grounded? Yeah. What 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 helps this person feel healed? Do they know how to? take care of themselves or practice self-compassion? Do they know how to take a break? Do they know how to um, practice a kind of self-care that has nothing to do with their appearance? that's where i feel like we should be putting our time right now and then you know the the interesting thing is is when you put your energy there you you don't need to worry about their grades yeah
0: other things will show up
1: because the truth is is they want to do well in school but there's a lot of things keeping from them from doing well in school because they're having a hard time getting up in the morning sometimes right. you know what i mean so um So let's move... Oh, the quick tip that that, uh, Duffy gave for You Don't Know What's On My Mind is he talked about watching the movie Eighth Grade.
0: Oh, forget about it.
1: Which actually... Interestingly enough, Todd and I did a pop culturing podcast about the movie Eighth Grade. So if you do watch the movie, check out our pop culturing podcast called Eighth Grade because we really do a deep dive into the movie.
0: Um, I do want to talk about our partner of the week and um, they're back. They were here a few weeks ago. The name of the organization is Prisma and Prisma is a totally new way to go to school. Do your kids look forward to going to school? Do they complain about being bored in class? Prisma is an online alternative to traditional school for fourth graders to eighth graders.
1: Prisma knows that most of today's kids will end up working jobs that don't even exist yet. So they focus on developing 21st century skills like creativity, critical thinking, and collaboration rather than having kids memorize facts and take standardized tests. Prisma offers a flexible curriculum that it adapts to every child's interests and learning speed, which means your child learns what they're curious about and is never left behind and gets the attention they deserve
0: from Prisma's expert coaches. Prisma is an innovative online school for fourth to eighth graders that give them the flexibility to be their best selves while developing the skills they need for a successful future. Admissions for the fall 2021 are now live and filling fast. Go to joinprisma.com to schedule a call or to learn more. And thank you to our friends over at Prisma for helping support our show. Um, Yeah, eighth grade, So
1: let's go to the last thing. Oh, did you want to say something else about the movie? No, other than
0: the fact that I love the dad, as (laughs) you know, he's like my favorite movie dad of all time.
1: He was actually in the episode of Sex and the City that I watched last night. I would
0: want to. You know, sometimes you find uh, there's these special characters that you hold sacred, Uh and you don't like seeing them in any other movie. Uh I feel like I would not want to see the dad from eighth grade Mm -hmm. in any other movie. Kind of like I don't want to see Eddie from Vacation in any other Randy movie. Randy Quaid. Randy Quaid. He's in Brokeback Mountain. He's in Brokeback Mountain. He's in The Paper. He's in Quick Change. What else is Randy Quaid in? He's uh, in a ton of stuff. Yeah. And he'll always be Eddie from Vacation. Yeah,
1: but he's also got his... He's kind of gone off the deep
0: end. It's kind of like Kramer. Do you ever... I Can, can you ever take... Kramer seriously in any other role other than Kramer?
1: Yeah, it, I think these things are very hard for actors and actresses or for, you know, I think it's very difficult when you get pigeonholed yeah. and, and, and everybody looks at you that way. Like I was just listening to an interview about Annie Murphy, who plays Alexis on Schitt's Creek. Oh, another one. And, and, you know, Dan Levy's going to have the same problem. Like, and I, I'm saying it's a problem right now and maybe it won't be. Maybe they'll find another character. Maybe they will. Yeah. You know, I know that Annie Murphy's in a show right now that, you know, hopefully does well. But those are iconic characters Mm -hmm. and it's very hard to break out, you know, like Julia Louis Dreyfus is one of the only people who's been able to have like three or four iconic characters and won Emmys for different shows. Different shows. So anyway. um, All right. The last thing. So the last thing uh, we actually just touched on this is I actually, you know, this is the heading that Duffy has. I actually care about school, which what he's saying is your kids may... Act like they're ambivalent about school, or that they don't want to be involved in school, or that they don't want to—they don't want to discuss, you know, the school year coming up. Um, and they may not want to sign up for all the things you want them to sign up for because you're like, "I want you to go to this camp," but I want you—and you kind of—I'm saying you—that you know, everybody's listening now. You may have gone from zero to sixty, where they couldn't be in anything before, and now you're trying to get them in everything. Mm-hmm. But they're nervous. You know, the kids do care, but they're nervous. They—they're. Again, they're worried about their friendships being intact. They're worried about being good enough now that they've missed a year. They're scared about going to camp because it's nerve wracking. It doesn't mean they won't do it. It just means be gentle with them, have some understanding of why these things are nerve wracking. And a lot of times we throw these words on them like laziness and we'll say, you're just lazy. You don't want to do anything. And I think if you really to have an in depth talk with an adolescent or of teen, of course they want to do something, but they're feeling very conflicted because of their anxiety, or because they're worried, or because they don't. They're uncertain about what the future holds. Like, and do you blame them? And I think just that understanding can allow maybe an opening for a a good discussion.
0: Well, and I'm going to do a reframe that might drive certain people nuts but I'll do it anyways every judgment that I have of my kids and I'm just making some words up they're lazy they don't work hard they don't try with their friends any of them what I when I'm in a in a in a conscious place what I try to do is decide how many of these judgments that I have of my daughters are actually true about me Mm -hmm. and because I'm sure I can find a lot of evidence of how I am lazy. I can find a lot of evidence how I am not hardworking sometimes. I can find a lot of evidence how I am kind of phoning it in with some of my friends.
1: Well, and you know what, Todd? I, I'm gonna. I'm not going to completely disagree with you, but I don't think it's about that you are those things. I think it's about that's how you judge yourself because I don't think you're lazy at all, but you think you
0: are. See, I, I, I hear you, but I do feel like, There are times when I I can so easily, I can find the opposite of it being true too. Like maybe I'm not lazy when it comes to my relationship with my daughters and I actually work really hard. I can seek out evidence that I can show the world, yeah, I'm a good caring father, but I can also find evidence to where there are parts of me that are lazy. Like should I really, do I really want to go upstairs and am I really prepared to hear whatever my daughter is about to say to me? And be like, you know what, it's late, it's the end of the day. I'm sure tomorrow we'll figure it out. Like, So I think you're right. I think we're both right. And there's times when...
1: I think it's the words we judge ourselves by and it's not always accurate. Now, you're giving me examples where you're like, no, no, I'm being lazy.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: But I think it's a mix of... like Sometimes the things we throw on our kids are the things we're most worried about for ourselves. Where there's a lot of like, I'm shy and that's a problem. So I'm not going to let my kid be shy. Mm -hmm. Or I'm... I never, you know, pushed myself in high school, so I'm going to make my kid push themselves. And it's just a lot of like imposing our fears, worries or challenges on our kids. That's also
0: true. Like, yeah, yeah sometimes we overcompensate the yeah. other direction Correct. and it's all true. There's yeah. times when I am super hardworking and there is no evidence to show that I'm a lazy dad. Because I do work really hard on certain aspects of relationships with my with my daughters. And there's other times that there's absolutely evidence to support the fact that I do phone it in and I am lazy.
1: Well, we also have to remember with our kids, it's not always about that. It's about that they're doing too much, mm-hmm. that they're too focused on school, yeah. that they want to do perfectly and that they're really like they're... So- they, they can't focus on anything else but making something perfect well, or studying for their test.
0: And what we've just stumbled across is Byron Katie's The Work. Like, how can the opposite of the statement sure. be true? Absolutely. Part of the opposite of the statement is instead of daughter, you're lazy, it's how am I lazy? And then the other opposite of that story is daughter, you're lazy. Actually, what's the evidence to show that your daughter is actually hardworking? Right. Like, there's so many different ways to change the lens on how you're looking at a situation. But this is the type of stuff that takes work and patience and self-awareness. And sometimes it's just easier to watch Netflix.
1: Well, and that's the thing is to focus on, you know, I, as parents, we know, we know that we want to take care of our kids and we know that we want to... I don't know any parent who doesn't want to be a good parent. Mm-hmm. Every parent wants to be a good parent. And what that means, good parent, I'm putting that in quotes, is focusing some energy on these people that we love. And I think what I'm always hoping to do on this show is maybe redirect where we put some of that energy yeah. rather than say you need to do more or you need to do less. It's more about you're already loving your kid, but maybe making them feel guilty or ashamed of something isn't going to be as beneficial than understanding, listening and having compassion for their experience. And, and again, I don't even think we, we intentionally do anything to make our children feel ashamed, but if we are punishing them or constantly or saying, um, it doesn't matter what your intention was, this was the result. And, and you're grounded for two weeks, then we're, we're not listening to their experience. We're not, Viewing the world through their lens, we are not having a relationship with them where we're connecting with them. And one of the um, the things that Duffy offers here in this uh, article is a a book called "The Myth of Laziness" by Dr. Mel Levine. Um, so he he's saying is like a, a quick tip or something that you can use if you're if you believe your child seems unmotivated, then you know take a look at the myth of laziness by Dr. Mel Levine, and maybe that'll be helpful. Um, so. The final one here is the final part of um, Dr. Duffy's article is the heading is I'm not always good to you, but I need you. And I think this is the key to understanding teenagers. And for many of you, you're going to say, yeah, I know, you know, they're angsty or they, you know, sometimes they fight back or sometimes they slam their doors or sometimes they're just not very kind. I know, I know. But you may know it. But do you understand that they really actually need you a ton Mm -hmm. in that moment, that when they're doing that, they don't feel good about it. They don't feel righteous and they don't feel justified. They feel afraid and they feel uncomfortable. They feel unseen. They feel like they don't belong. They feel like they're not, um, that nobody cares And so a lot of times when we fight back like a 16-year-old, like our child yells at us and we yell back or they slam a door and we slam a door or they slam a door and we say, fine, I'm going to leave then and we act like their age, we are missing – what they're really looking for yeah. which is help me through these feelings i'm having because i'm feeling very angry we get very defensive about you shouldn't be angry or you shouldn't be angry with me because look at everything i do and and you and parents you do do a lot you go to you go to work and you make money and you get them to where they need to go and you feed them and you you do do a lot but they kids aren't in in it to offer praise <laughs> They don't know any different. Mm-hmm. Like, this is what our job is. And and to to think that our kids owe us a bunch of gratitude and thanks, um, especially in the teenage years, it's not going to happen that often. No. It may happen occasionally.
0: Breaking up the wrong tree.
1: But, and, and it also doesn't mean we allow our kids to treat us poorly. It means when they do, there's something going on.
0: That's not, that's got nothing to do with whatever just triggered them into this mean place
1: there is some and that's the thing is it may not be about you you just may be the safe place to put it
0: well we were we did our zen talk last week and for both of the women who had questions I think I gave them the same advice and I would give this advice to almost anybody in any situation which is our job as parents is to keep the conversation going and to make sure that your kid knows that you're on their team because too many times our kids think that we're on the opposing team and it's a battle of wills. And I'm, you know, if somebody's like, Oh, great Todd, how do you do that? I'm not sure. So everything that we're talking about hopefully will put parents in a place to make sure that their kids know that their parents are on the same team, but it's just to keep the conversation going.
1: It absolutely is. And remembering that that negative emotions that you may be getting from your kids or like, you know, when they're lashing out at you, they're doing that to you because they know that you're unconditional and they know that you're not going anywhere, that you live in the same house and that, you know, they're doing this to you maybe versus the friend that actually deserves it, you know, that actually hurt them or the, or the, you know, boyfriend or girlfriend or person that they, you know, are dating or whatever it may be. Um, the teacher, they are, they're lashing out at you, but that, What I know for sure is that we often think that our kids somehow have outgrown hugs Hmm. or they've outgrown things like wanting to hold hands or wanting to be, have put our, you know, have our arm around them that we somehow think, oh no, they don't want that. Or, or we're too worried about the rejection of being pushed away that we're, we're kind of too fragile to even give it a try. Um, but I'm telling you, um, You know, I have a daughter who's 18 and she still needs hugs. That's you. I I know I'm 50 years old. I'm turning 50 this week and I still need hugs.
0: I think it's kind of our human DNA. And
1: that's what I mean. And and we know this, yet if our teenagers at home and they're kind of grumpy all the time, we like stay away from them Mm -hmm. instead of remember that what they need, we may not even be able to solve what they're experiencing. That's not really our job. It's not our job to go in and solve all their problems. It's to support them so they can solve their problems. Do you see what I mean? And that, you know, physical touch is a love language and all of us have it, all of us need it, but some kids need it more than others. And we have to attune to do, would this be helpful? Will this make them feel seen? Will this, and, and, you know many of you probably already do this. You give your kids hugs in the morning, hugs at night, hugs, whenever just do it more often, you know, or for those of you who've kind of backed off of that for a year or two, and you're like, I don't know how to get back in doing that. Just baby step baby your way step back. step in, you know, put your hand on their shoulder, you know? Um, and again, you, you can ask, you don't just, you know, if you feel like your kid is like, eh. you know, like one of my daughters, she's sometimes in the mood for hugs and sometimes she's not, yeah. you know, she's, her love language is different. Um, but it's just a suggestion, as far as far as to make them feel loved and supported, and and in under this heading of I'm not always good to you, but I need you. Um, this is where Duffy gave um, his quick tip is to listen to one of our podcasts. He specifies, um, he specifically says number five seventy-seven um, because we talked about handling dif- uh, was it handling difficult emotions, handling
0: or- negative emotions, and this was your one one paragraph summary. Todd and Kathy discussed the difference between a bottler and a or a brooder, brooder, yeah. When it comes to negative feelings and why being curious about feelings allows us to be less reactive and more compassionate, they discuss why darkness is not always bad and why there's wisdom inside all our emotions. So, yeah, that's one resource. We've done, I think, three or four interviews with John Duffy, and those conversations are amongst my favorite ones that we did. And then, if you just type in Dan Siegel uh, in our search bar on Zen Parenting Radio, They're all good. Um, But specific, if you have any teenagers or preteens, those are some really good podcasts that you might want to check out.
1: Yeah. Or just go to our website and type in teens, Yeah, you know, for those of you who are. So, I mean, I guess what I'll say to parents is you're not alone. Like if you're feeling all these things and you're feeling disconnected or that your kid is struggling, like, you know... I feel like not feeling alone is the first thing because I think the things that shame and being quiet and pretending things aren't happening, that comes out of believing you're the only one. Yeah. So if you can just understand that teens everywhere are going through challenging times right now, and so are parents, then it's easier to ask for help. It's easier to you know, take suggestions. It's easier to start asking your kids some new questions. It's easier to start this process um, or to continue it if you're already doing it. And that, you know, I guess the, the the quest to go back to quote unquote normal, what does that mean anymore? Like, and I don't mean that we can't, of course, we're going to go back to school and keep living and and go on with our lives as we always have known we would, but we don't have to so quickly say, okay, let's go right back to where we were before. We can take into account the fact that our kids have gone through a rough couple of years and can we take care of them a little bit and take care of ourselves, you know, in that way and not put so much pressure on making sure, you know, it's just so interesting because like, you know, my daughter's going to school this year and there was so much pressure you know, just starting right when she got into high school of test scores and grades and all these kind of things. And, you know, it just turns out that the year she was supposed to take the ACT or SAT, she didn't even have to, to get into her college of choice. And yet there, her whole life, there was so much pressure about how important that was going to be. And it ended up being a non-issue. And she did, you know, she made her own choices and she did well, and she got to where she needed to go, but it didn't necessitate the kind of Pressure mm. that I think we define as somewhat normal, yeah. and um, so anywho, that is uh, again, this is Dr. John Duffy's article that we've been talking about. It'll
0: be linked in the show notes.
1: Um, your teens and tweens are lonely. Yeah, yeah. Give,
0: give them some love. Yeah. Um, so in closing, I want to say that I do one-on-one coaching for guys. So if you're interested, go to toddadamscoaching.com. I'm also the executive director of Men Living. Uh, we are a men's organization, and we connect deeply and live fully. Got about 10 programs every single week uh, with a whole bunch of different things going on. Invite you to check that out. Jeremy Kraft, he's a bald-headed beauty. He does painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area. His website is avidco.net, and his phone number is 630-956-1800. Um, anything else that you want to promote, sweetie? I
1: think that's it. I hope everybody has a wonderful week. Um, enjoying midsummer right now. It's in yep. the middle of summer and, um, just so we appreciate you. Thanks for listening. Keep trucking. Thanks for listening, everyone. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode and feel free to leave a five-star review. It helps people find us.
0: The best part of what we do is getting to spend time with our listeners and an awesome community of parents who have come together over at Team Zen. Team Zen is a great opportunity to connect as much as you want with a group of like-minded parents, and you'll even get exclusive content from Kathy and me. Find out more about Team Zen on our site, zenparentingradio.com.
1: We know your inbox needs more hopeful and helpful info, so sign up for the Zen Parenting Moment. Two times a week, you'll receive a quick read that will boost your day and improve your outlook. Sign up at zenparentingradio.com.
0: While men and women, moms and dads, parents and non-parents are all welcome here at ZPR, we know most of our followers are female and moms. So today we're shouting out an opportunity that's just for the guys. Men Living creates opportunities for men to gather together to give and get support and build friendship. I am one of the founders of the group and you'll find me every week helping facilitate our virtual meeting on Wednesday nights at 7.30. Interested or want to share the details with someone you love? You can find the Zoom link at menliving.org.
1: Ready for a Gen X view of personal growth? Join us for Pop Culturing, our podcast filled with humor, fun, and a characteristic emphasis on self-awareness as we explore movies, TV, and pop culture.
0: And don't forget, I coach guys. So if you're interested, head on over to ToddAdamsCoaching.com and schedule a one-on-one session. First session is free. Finally, I want to give a special thanks to our founding partner, Jeremy Kraft. He's a bald head of beauty and the company he has is Avid. They do painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area. Go to avidcode.net or give them a call at 630-956-1800. Thanks for all your love and support and keep on trucking.